Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. By the time we come to chapter 11 of the Gospel of Matthew, there are three ministries present. The ministry of the Lord Jesus, the ministry of John the Baptist, and the extension of the Lord's ministry through his disciples. Yet all three of these ministries are suffering rejection and persecution. We're going to look at the rejection of the ministries of the New Testament on today's Life Study of the Bible. And Francis Ball has joined us once again as we continue to see how the details in the Gospel of Matthew are so critical in seeing the divine revelation. Welcome back, Francis. Again, I'm thankful to be here. Thank you. Francis, we're going to look today at the rejection of these ministries that we just mentioned. And particularly in the first couple of portions, we want to focus in on the ministry of John the Baptist. And to understand the point today, I think it's critical that our listeners have a good understanding, a good realization of the situation around John the Baptist by this time. Maybe you could spend a minute or two to give our listeners a bit of a background. Well, of course, John the Baptist is at a transition period. He comes in to be the forerunner of Christ, and uh, in his ministry, he's baptizing people. Of course, that's the reason he's called John the Baptist. He's calling people to repentance from among the Jews and baptizing them, and many people are coming to him and being baptized by him, and this word gets around and begins to cause some difficulty among some of the people, and especially uh, even Herod gets word of it. And Herod the king got also word that John the Baptist was even exposing him because of his situation with his brother's wife. So he exercises his authority and has him arrested. So John the Baptist, while he's uh, evidently becoming quite prominent in his ministry and being influential with a lot of people and seeing a lot of changes in that particular time, yet he gets put in prison. And there he is, when we get to this point, rejected by all the people that had not received his uh, ministry, and uh, the rejection had gotten quite strong, and it looks like nobody cares now. He's in prison, languishing there, and wondering what's going on. Hmm. So we'll see in this uh, message today something about uh, what it means to be rejected when you're in the ministry that the Lord has ordained. Of course, one of the other factors that I think is important to realize by this time, as you said, in his prominence, uh, he had built up quite a following. Uh, of course, we had discussed, uh, oh, a few programs back how he was the recommender of the ministry of Christ and pointed out that, of course, Jesus is the real bridegroom and he's just the friend. Uh, but despite that, there were still a number of followers who remained very loyal to him. And uh, this becomes a part of the uh, picture, doesn't it? Yes, because he had built up such a following and regardless of what he considered about himself, his followers made him a leader. So he, he became quite prominent and uh, 
had a ministry that might even be considered a little bit in competition with the Lord's ministry. Of course, as we've been seeing, uh, at this point in the Lord's ministry, a lot of miracles, many healings, many miraculous things are going on uh, as a result of the ministry of the Lord Jesus. But uh, John the Baptist was not the recipient of any of those miracles. And as he was languishing there in the prison, uh, that became uh, a trouble for him. And so we see in Matthew chapter 11, verse 2, Now when John heard in the prison of the works of the Christ, he sent word through his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or should we expect another? And Jesus answered and said to them, Go, report to John the things that you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel announced to them. And blessed is he who is not stumbled because of me. Those words are going to be established to be very significant today. Let's join Witness Lee. After chapter 10, chapter 11 comes to show us how the Lord Jesus, this king, dealt with the rejection. And what is his feeling? And what is the way he deals with uh, the rejection? The ministry of the apostle, the ministry of the Lord Jesus, and all the ministry of John was rejected. And the Lord Jesus was rejected according to his charge to the twelve apostles. Their ministry, no doubt, will also be rejected. First of all, this chapter tells us that uh, they rejected John. The forerunner of the king in the prison couldn't uh, wait any longer. It seemed that uh, his patience was exhausted and according to verse 6 in uh, chapter 11 uh, to some extent he was at least going to be stumbled so he sent uh, two of his disciples to come to the Lord Jesus to check with the Lord Jesus rather to provoke the Lord Jesus to uh, do something for him. So he sent these two disciples to ask the Lord Jesus whether he was the Messiah or not. Don't think that John didn't know that Christ was Messiah. Don't think by this time he began to doubt about this. No. He knew that Christ was the Messiah but he was provoking Christ to uh, do something to rescue him out of prison. We have to know you can provoke anyone. It's hard for you to provoke the Lord Jesus. The more you try to provoke him, the more he becomes cold. You can never stir him up by provoking. You try to provoke him to do something for you, I tell you, your provoking will just calm him down, not to do anything for you. So the Lord answered, you go back to tell John, whether I am Messiah or not Messiah, it's not according to what I do something for you, but according to what I do. You see, I did a lot to uh, 
heal the blind, to heal the uh, sick, even to heal the dead ones. You just have to know, I did a lot, but I don't like to do something for you. Blessed is he who shall not be stumbled in me. Now, we all have to learn this lesson. If John was still living outside of the prison, and he and his ministry would have been a kind of computation to the Lord's ministry. And that imprisonment was something sovereign of the Lord just to terminate John's ministry. John's ministry had to be terminated. So the sovereignty of God came in that John was put to prison. Under the light of the Lord, we got to know that was of God's sovereignty to terminate John's ministry. Francis, a couple of strong points here I think that are worthy of comment. Let's take them in reverse order. The last thing we heard here was in God's sovereignty, John's ministry had to be terminated. But before we get to that, let's talk about this matter of uh, John in his disappointment sending ones to try to provoke the Lord to do something for him. You know, I never uh, heard this before I heard Brother Lee speak it because I don't know what uh, my thought was, but to say that uh, John was provoking the Lord I would never have seen through the real situation to see that's what he was doing. But he did do that, and he did indicate that, uh, Lord, you're doing so much for others. What about me? And there he is in prison, and he's the one that brought the early disciples, the first four disciples, to the Lord by saying, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And those disciples followed him Mm -hmm. and brought others to him. So it was increasing. But the thing that struck me is, what is he doing with disciples? He's sending two disciples to the Lord. His ministry or his place in God's economy was not to build up a ministry for himself, but to be an announcer and to point people to Christ. It's of the Lord's sovereignty, as he mentioned. And I think you mentioned also that it's the Lord's sovereignty that brings this situation as it is, where he's imprisoned and the Lord does not help him, because had he been released... It might have been a competitive ministry. The Lord does not want and will not tolerate a competitive ministry. Francis, as you said, this is not the common thought regarding this situation, is it? Of course, many are aware of the fact that John was imprisoned. But to see the exchange here, the sort of dialogue taking place between Christ and John the Baptist, it really reveals what you're describing, uh, that there was an element of God's sovereignty working to preserve the preeminence of the ministry of Christ, the real New Testament ministry, wasn't there? Yes, there was. And uh, even in the record in the Gospel of John, it mentions that the disciples were a little concerned that Jesus was baptizing through his disciples, and the disciples of John were questioning this. So it shows that John's ministry was becoming prevalent, and under the Lord's sovereignty, John got put in prison. Well, Francis, we're going to go on. The uh, exchange is not quite finished. The Lord now is going to give an appraisal, on the one hand, in a very positive sense regarding John the Baptist. Yet his appraisal concludes with a very interesting passage, Francis. Verse 11 says, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen one greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of the heavens is greater than he. Uh, This mystery will be unraveled as we get back to Witness Lee. Then he told the people, who was John? 
John was a great prophet. John was a great prophet. A prophet greater than all the ones before him. Even he was greater than Elijah. Even he was greater than Isaiah. Yes, John was greater than all the prophets. But he was not in the kingdom. He was greater than all the Old Testament prophets, but compared with the New Testament kingdom people, he was smaller. And the verse says, even the smallest, the least in this kingdom of the heavens is greater than John. John would say, Christ is here. He is right here in front of me, so close, but still not close enough. And today, we, the New Testament kingdom people, can say, not only Christ here, we can say, uh-huh, Christ with me. And I am in Christ. And even I can say, for me to live is Christ. Christ is so mingled with me, nothing could be closer than this. Our relationship with Christ today as the kingdom people is the most close one. Nothing could be closer because we are in him and he is in us and we are mingled with him. He that is joined into the Lord is one spirit. We are even one with him and how could we be closer? Never. So what? So we are the greatest. Yeah. What makes us great? The close relationship to him, to Christ, makes us greater than everything. Isn't this a great blessing? We all have to realize, my, in what age we are. In what age we are. John, Peter, even the Apostle Paul, they were in the beginning of the kingdom age. And we are the closing of this age. Do you like to be in the beginning or at the conclusion? Or you like to be in the middle? Those great men like Martin Luther and so forth, they were in the middle. Hallelujah! We are neither at the beginning nor in the middle. We are at what? The end. The conclusion. Everything is here higher. Everything here is richer. Well, Francis, this has to be a real mystery to a number of people who study the Bible. It has been a verse I've pondered over a number of times. How could it be that John the Baptist, whom the Lord himself referred to as a prophet greater than even Elijah and Isaiah, would not be in the kingdom of God? That is a puzzle, but actually it's true. And when we see it in its dispensational setting, we realize that this is a period of time when John's ministry was raised up to pave the way for the kingdom. And uh, the Lord Jesus certainly uh, vindicated John in what he was and what he did, even though when sending his word back to him in prison after he had asked, is he the one that should come or do they look for another one? He indicated in that answer that there was a danger of John being stumbled by him. So he spoke quite positively about John When he spoke to the crowd and the other disciples, he vindicated John, indicating that he was not a weak, timid person, but a a strong witness. 
So he had a lot to say about John's ministry in a favorable way. But at the same time, John was at that intermediate stage between the Old Testament and the New Testament, between the Old Dispensation and the New. He was greater than Elijah, and he was greater than Isaiah, but the least in the kingdom of the heavens is greater than he, because being great depends on your relationship with Christ, the closeness of your relationship with Christ. And as Brother Lee pointed out, the Old Testament prophets said Christ would come, but John could say Christ is here and pointed to him. This is the Lamb of God. But uh, we have the privilege in this age to have Christ in us, mingled and blended with us. So we just have to praise the Lord that in this age, we couldn't be closer. Christ is in us, mingled with us, blended with us, so that we are one with him. And we can say with Paul, for to me to live is Christ. So our closeness to Christ is much better in this kingdom, period, when Christ is really our Lord and our King. He's closer than even to John the Baptist. Yeah, I've heard it said uh, in this ministry uh, on other occasions that John had the distinction of being with Jesus. Of course, we have a further distinction of having Jesus not only with us, but even in us. Yes. How much closer could we be, Francis? There's no way that we are as close as we can be. Well, in our final section today, we want to look at the rejection, uh, not just of John the Baptist, but even how God the Father viewed and valued the rejection of his son. The key here is verse 26 and 27. Let me read it as a setup to our final portion today. Yes, Father, for thus it has been well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one fully knows the Son except the Father. Neither does anyone fully know the Father except the Son, and he to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Let's join Witness Lee. Then verse 26, yes, Father, for thus it was well-pleasing in your sight. Well-pleasing in the Father's sight that the sin was rejected. The Father was happy to see the sin's rejection. Could you believe this? Oh, it's hard for us to believe. It's hard. I praise you, Father, because you are the Lord of the heavens and the Lord of the earth. All the things are of you. I just praise you for such a situation. We have to realize all refers to what? To the remnant that followed the Lord Jesus. All the followers was delivered to me by my Father. John was delivered to Christ by the Father. The Lord Jesus declared several times that whosoever comes to me, that is God's doing. God has given Peter to me. The Father has given James to me. The Father has given all the remnant to me. So all the remnant were delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. Neither does anyone know the Father except the Son, and he to whom the Son wills to reveal him the Father. It is not a small thing. We all have to worship the Father. This is all together a sovereign mercy. 
we are under His sovereign mercy that we are here. It's all together of Him. He is going to recover the kingdom life. And He is going to collect His remnant. This is to have His kingdom recovered. He is now doing a collecting work. He is collecting. He is collecting. Collecting the remnant. The things we are in are altogether hard, difficult for the natural man to understand. And we are against the kingdom of the darkness. So no doubt the evil one would never let people know the thing. So, there is the need of some sovereign mercy. It was really sovereign that we have seen the things. People condemn the things. We are just happy with these things. We are rejoicing with these things. We have the mercy of the Father. Well, Francis, this is hard to see, that the Father was well pleased to see the rejection of his Son and that the Lord is going about today collecting such a remnant, also willing to be rejected. What are your thoughts about these things that surely display that we have received God's mercy? Yes, we can surely say it's of the Lord's mercy, because the Lord's way, actually in his recovery of what he's doing on the earth, is absolutely against the enemy's kingdom of darkness. So we could expect there would be rejection. These three ministries that have been before us today show us that John the Baptist's ministry was rejected, the Lord Jesus' ministry was rejected, and even the apostles' ministry was rejected, and we shouldn't expect anything else if we're absolutely for the Lord. So he's gathering, by his great mercy, he's gathering those who are willing to be rejected by the wise and, uh, and intelligent ones that don't open themselves to listen to what God has to say so that we have to expect that there will be rejection. And uh, we've seen in this message a way to handle rejection, to realize that we are for the Father's will. And we say, Father, we praise you. You've hidden these things from the wise and revealed them to us, the babes. So we're thankful that uh, the Lord's mercy has reached us and brought us to see these things that so many still reject. But the way is still open. If any rejectors would turn to be receivers, they would have the mercy and the grace of God to also see these things that are hidden from the wise and the prudent. Francis, this is really a demonstration how much we need God's mercy. On the one hand, in this rejecting situations, are we, as John the Baptist was in prison, those who would desire to provoke the Lord to do something for us? Or do we have the mercy and the grace to follow the other example, that of the Lord Jesus himself? Father, I praise you for all these things. Amen. Quite a contrast. Yes, it is. Francis, this is a profound, I think, message today. It's not one that is easily grasped in all of the profound aspects of it. But uh, I do feel somewhat satisfied before the Lord that his mercy has extended to our time together. So I'd like to thank you as always and join you as uh, we typically do each day in recommending our listeners contact us about the printed message. Would you echo that? Yes, I certainly would echo that. I feel like they miss a great deal if they don't get this radio broadcast is a good appetizer. Right. But uh, there are things that we just don't have the time. 
even the words sometimes to express that they could get in the message, the written message. Contact us on our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. You can write to us to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121 in Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send your email to us, and our email address is radio at lsm.org. Today for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.